Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Hey everyone and welcome to another week of the B-Side Podcast here at Liberty Church. My name is Steve King. Alongside me is Matt Luloyan. Matt, welcome to another week of the B-Side Podcast. Good to be with you, Steve. I noticed you did not give me a title this week. No, like last, last week I said you were the alliteration king. And I... Well, what did, what did, you, what did you do yesterday? What do we an, call that? Is that alliteration? It's not alliteration. No, it's not alliteration. What is it? At the I, end of the word. There's enough of a rebel in me that I said, you know what? I'm not doing it alliteration. You, you know what? You don't appreciate the alliteration? Oh, how, re- on this week. Oh, how big of, a, re- <laughs> how big of a, a rebel lives inside of you, Matt? <laughs> oh, man. I'm just that... I just got that younger brother... <laughs> I'm going to tell dad that I want him to die and I just want right. money now. I'm out. Right. That's my, yeah. You want uh, these people. I'm not going to alliterate this week, but I am. What, what is that? What's that? There's got to be a I word just, for that. I, James Dean, man. I'm just a rebel without a cause. No, 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 no. At the end oh. of each word is a thing. They, they, they don't, they, it's, it doesn't even rhyme. Adjectives? No. They're all adjectives. What were the, what were the points of your sermons? I know that, but what were the four points? Yeah. We'll get into so, them, but just tell me again what they were. Yeah. So Philippians 4, 1 through 9, talking yeah. about pressing on together. Yep. That's the, kind of the, the, the opening of it. And yep. the other ones kind of tie together around that as well. Um, collaboratively. Yes. Joyfully. Yes. Prayerfully. Thoughtfully. Okay. So those four words all have a, a fully at the end. Mm-hmm. They do. There has to be a word that someone listening to this podcast would go, oh, well, Steve, that's not alliteration, but Man. that's... I think my daughter would know like the term right now, but it's like that, you know, like when words sound the same at the yeah, end. That's right. Yes, yeah, so it's not alliteration, but there's, there's definitely still a little bit of a word okay. play to it. There's okay. still a yeah. Well, that was that was your rebellion yesterday. I was. You gotta our watch people, out for me. Our people were shocked. Very shocked. They didn't know who you were up there. No. Yeah. I'm yeah. You gotta watch out. You know, I just I'm you know I'm I'm compared to James Dean often of the pastorate. People oh, think people I've, think that's I've heard, kind of I've my, heard people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, outside of you telling me that, many others have told me that. <laughs> just so you can know. <laughs> Um, hey, before we, I mean, we've started. So as we started, mm-hmm. can I just offer a heartfelt apology? Apology? Yeah. Last week, my, my handful. <laughs> Here it is. I mean, he's owning up to this, his this, handful comment. I was, like, I was just like the publicly eat some crow here. <laughs> it's a mea culpa right here. It, this took, this took, um, after our, after our B-side recording. Yeah. And we got together with Bob Carvel, another elder. Yeah. Who was the guest host the Two week weeks prior. Ago, Many sure. people know Bob. Um, we just brought this up to him, right? Yeah. Just kind of commenting, laughing ourselves what, what we handful? talked about. And Bob just asked me. Oh yeah, I mean, he, he shut he shut you down in, in about two seconds. In about two seconds, he <laughs> said, "So Steve, if I asked you to give me a handful of M and M's, would you give me five? And I was like, "I have nothing left to say." I have the case closed. Case closed. I don't know. Yeah, I, I still I'm still in the middle. Yeah, I mean, so I think credit music for like the A team actually rolled in that moment. Like it was like. <laughs> It was over. It was over. I froze. Like the freeze frame, (laughs) the freeze freeze of an episode just froze right there. Actually, it froze on Bob's face with like a thumbs up. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was, yeah. The the studio audience laughed. (laughs) We need to get more studio audiences around the show. You know, we really, and for the B side podcast. And for the B side podcast. Can I put. Next week, if you, if you would like to be a member of the studio audience, write to. Remember when you used to have to write a letter to become a member of a studio audience somewhere? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember did watching shows that had studio like did live you try studio to do audiences? That? No. Oh, okay. I do. Wow, that's a topic. For I guess you have to write a letter, like so you get selected, then fly out to California and be at the studio audience. Yeah. Okay. There you go. 
Here, no no letter writing required. No, you can just show up. Just show up, and there's one chair in the room that we're sitting in right now. It's back there. Yeah. We'll pull this chair over, and you can... We have one... By live studio, I mean one person can sit in here and watch <laughs> us every week. And our kids will sometimes barge into the room. That's true. That does too. happen. We've learned to lock the door. We have. Hey, let's jump in. We're, all right, so you gave us a little bit of the quick, the, the four points. Yep. But give us a 90-second summary of yesterday's sermon from Philippians 4. So... Man, when Paul gets into these sections of his letters where he starts to do a lot of imperatives, a lot of commands and calls in rapid fire, it's it's tough to figure out how to kind of hold them all together in one sermon. So sure. yesterday, in some sense, maybe felt, because it felt like to me in preparation, it could have felt to you like four mini sermons. Like there was one about how to be united and agree in the Lord. That's Yodio and Syntyche, the first couple of verses. Yep. There's one about rejoicing always. I'll say it again, rejoice, let your reasonableness be known to all. That's two. There was a third one about doing that prayerfully. Don't be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then there was a fourth one about um, your thought life, what you think about, uh, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, this, this list of yep. really eight things there. And even the thought life then ending with practice these things also, and the God of peace will be with you. So um, in a sense, it could have been four different sermons, probably could have been six or seven different sermons even in there. Right. But the overarching theme that does seem to run through is, um, and Paul is starting to, to, to wind down the letter, he is saying this is a this is a pursuit of pressing on together. This is something we do together. And even in the way we were called to be joyful, we need to help each other rejoice um, in our anxiety and praying, we pray to God ourselves directly, but we also pray together. And in our thought life, I, I thought this really tied this thing, this well together too. It's not just our own individual thought life. It's how do we as God's people collectively engage in a culture that often, and in every culture, this is true in some ways, in a culture that opposes Jesus. And the idea that we don't just automatically reject everything that's not overtly Christian, we yep. engage um you know, thoughtfully, we 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 engage, we engage uh, contemplatively um, with our culture, and we we do that together. So we don't reject things, but we do be we are discriminating in the way we think about things. Yeah. So those are the four kind of general areas. Um, <clears throat> lots of application points within each one. Right. Kind of walk through a little bit of that, but there, in my mind, would be no shortage of kind of hooks into things that you'd want to talk about with your Bible study group this week. Right. Um, there's three questions in the Philippians guide that even do go into things like your thought life and things like that. So feel free to grab those. Um, or if one of, I would just say maybe start with one of those four areas and, and run with it. Yeah. True. Four sermons in one. I thought it didn't come across that way. Okay. So okay. I mean, I'm glad. I mean, I'm just one person. Maybe everyone was confused, but I thought, yeah, uh, you're right though. There's a lot, there's a lot of content in there. Yep. We had two questions come in this week. Uh, so let me read the first one. Let's do it. All right. All right. So, uh, this is a little, little reference to the certain, some of the content in the sermon. Okay. Starts this question with the MacArthur Piper situation. Mm, Do you want to give us just give us a quick insight as to why that is yeah. the opening to this question? Some some cheeky a cheeky a start. Little, that's a little. That's a good little humor bit. It and, is and obvious that this person was listening closely to the sermon. Yeah, I, I just opened talking about a letter that I read last week. Uh, a friend of mine who's no longer a pastor of this church, but the church is still dealing with some things that were were playing out. Um, related to when he was the pastor there. They, they wrote a letter to their congregation and I was forwarded a copy of it. And it just, it just was titled this individual's name and situation. So like this person saying the MacArthur Piper situation, this one, it would be like if, if our elders someday sent out a letter and just said the Matt situation. Right. So I was talking about that and how in contrast, Paul opens this 
he's going to call people out by name here, but he doesn't say the Euodia Syntyche situation. He says, my beloved. Yep. He talks about how, you know, they're his joy and his crown. <laughs> he, he really is saying there's a deep love and affection for, for the people he's about to rebuke. Yep. Correct. So, so good tongue in cheek start yep, to this tongue, question. Yep. The MacArthur Piper situation. Here we go. Yudia and Syntyche had a disagreement and Paul was asking them to be of the same mind the Lord. I assume this meant to work out their differences so they can work together in the Philippian church without causing a split. I remember listening to a podcast recently and they talked about John MacArthur and John Piper, two Christians who are both laboring for the gospel. The two disagree on some doctrine and yet are good friends. They suggest that this works out because they minister on different sides of the country and not in the same local congregation. Do you think this could be another side of unity. Thanks, Jersey boys. That's what, uh, Ooh, what an ending there. That's great. Thanks, Jersey boys. He bookends it with some really good, that's yeah. That's good stuff. Well done. Okay. okay. So, yeah, that's a great point. Um, man, unity in the church. So, you know, how many different kind of groups and subsets of Christians are there in the world? I mean, it's, it numbers in the, I a think lot. it's like 40,000 yeah. different specific classifiable It's an embarrassingly groups. high number. Really is. Yeah. And even this is always kind of my pushback too for people that come from like the Catholic or Orthodox tradition. There's maybe more on paper unity that live in those in the in, you know and even like authoritatively there's like there's like heads of churches that they that everybody that's Catholic looks to the Pope, everybody that's Orthodox looks to certain bishops, and yeah. So um, there's more unity you know on paper, but if you actually talk to people in those hmm. in those branches of yeah. the greater Christian <clears throat> family. Um, man, there's, there's just as many different specific convictions and, and things. So, um, gosh, unity is a really hard thing. Um, I, I do think, and we've talked about this a couple times as we've gotten into this topic, cause Paul gets into this a lot in Philippians about, um, not, not all topics, not all doctrines are equal in terms of, are all of them related directly to someone experiencing salvation or not experiencing salvation? And so we've used this phrase, I'll say it again, just because I think it's a helpful paradigm, you know, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. And so I would say, and we don't, that's, it would be helpful maybe to know what Euodia and Syntyche were disagreeing about, but right. I'm going to say that it, it was maybe in the essentials category of something that was related to salvation or, and this is what this questioner is getting at, it was maybe in that second order, non-essentials, but because they're in the same local congregation, more things have to fit into the, more things have to, you have to be unified on more things if you're going to be in the same local expression of Jesus' church together. So, um, to or, this, make, or the same, you're saying the same local congregation, the same congregation. The same congregation. Okay. Same local church. So that like, so this part, like this podcast that this listener had listened to and referred to here was saying, you know, John Piper, John MacArthur probably can be really good friends and be co-laborers for the gospel because they're in different cities on different sides of the country. Would they actually work really well together? Could they ever be co-pastors of the same congregation? And the answer is maybe not, maybe not. Um, same kind of thing with like uh, the together for the gospel crew, which had, you know, Lincoln, Ligon Duncan, who's a PCA minister. That's right. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, CJ Mahaney, maybe he's still part of that. Uh, who else is part of, part of Together for the Gospel? John Piper was part of Piper that. Piper was in there, yeah. And Matt, I mean, there's, there are a number of other people that have been part of that over the years. Um, 
Mark Dever was part of that. Right, so in yeah. that, you've got like a PCA infant baptism guy. You've got some credo Baptist guys. Yep. You've got Mark Dever, who would be like only one service ever per congregation. If you have a second service, that's a separate congregation. That's right. Uh, some of the nine marks kind of distinctive. So those guys work really well in even what they call together for the gospel. They're pursuing unity in, on the many things that they're united on, but they actually really wouldn't work well together in the same congregation. So... How do, we, how do we navigate that? Well, we take the world as we find it. We were all born into a world where these splits have been happening for so many centuries yeah. before us. That right. There's no, I don't think that there's a way forward to like bring all of these different groups of the church back together. I think there'll be less and there'll be less inclination to split the more the capital C church faces marginalization and persecution in the culture. Sure, yeah. I think it's a luxury. You split often as a luxury That's right. of being accepted widely in the culture. Yeah. If you're actually like, like, like I, what I don't hear of, and maybe this is just my ignorance, but what I don't hear of is like, Hey, here's all the new denominations that are being formed in like the underground church in China. That's right. It's like, no, like they're just the underground church in China. Like right. it, when we refer to them, we don't go like here. And, the, and there may be like an iteration here or there. I'm sure the most, for the I'm most sure part wrong. though, I mean, yeah. they're, they're surviving. They're surviving. And so they're united and the yeah. things that they're essentially united on become, yeah, the primary drivers for why they're together but all you, the time. You pull together hard if you are yeah. on the margins and, and persecuted in a, in a society. Yeah. So I think there's some hope that maybe we rein it in a little bit from what the last you know sure. 150 years have been in the United States. But um, <clears throat> but I don't think there's hope that it all just kind of ever comes back together and it's all just one church. Sure, you know, across the world, uh, it is in the invisible sense. That's right. It, sure. it is. Yep. Jesus, how many churches does Jesus have? He has one. He has right. one church. Right. Um, I do think there's room then, and I think it's because that's the world as we find it, um, I would I would view it as a grace from God and a luxury that you do have as you develop convictions theologically. You do have multiple church options that you, and denominational options that you could affiliate with because more of those non-essentials are, you're aligned with more of the non-essentials. I think just remember that that's a a luxury to be grateful to God for. Hmm. Whereas in this context in Philippi, first century Roman empire, it's the only church in Philippi there. Paul is trying to keep that congregation together. Right. Pre division. Right. We're in a different world where there's many churches already that have already kind of really carved out for them, the distinctives beyond the essentials. Right. And they're now, and so now we've, we're trying to kind of align ourselves with the one that maybe as best we understand scripture to teach. That's where, that's where we, Fit. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, um, you know, there's a couple of ways we could keep talking about this and this isn't the question. We don't go on too much of a tangent. When you say in all things charity, there's both a, uh, like you said, an opportunity to find churches that you align most closely with on as many doctrinal convictions mm-hmm. you have. Uh-huh. Always important to like keep some central Right. And then the secondary tertiary, like identify that. Don't just go, well, because more, more is not necessarily better. Keep right. the central things right. central. Yep. But then um, maybe just maybe just a reflection on, on the divisive culture that we live in. Um, to have charity is to look at other people and not not be so quick to assume that because they align in one area that therefore you can assume the other nine things that they right. automatically believe. That's true. M- maybe you could actually be right. correct about that. Right. I'd say you're probably not able to predict that with any sort of consistency. Yeah. Um, and if you are right in predicting, if you see one thing and then predict the other nine, 
you're more likely lucky than you are that you have actually have cracked the code. Yeah. Um, and so thinking about our people in our church, myself, like any of us that like has an introspective look and goes, wow, how hard it is to, to, to align our, to one, discover what we believe and then practice it and feel the guilt and shame from failure and misalignment. We'll talk about it in a moment of like, what does it look like to actually confess one thing and then, and then live right, separately? Right. So we'll get there in a moment. When we look in charity for other people in other churches, like pers- like give charity, just totally. like see where oh they're gosh. aligned on united on central yeah. things. And sometimes people aren't right. Yeah. So we're not saying don't negate the importance of the central matters. Right. Um, this is a little bit in my mind. I've been doing some just more reading, studying over the last couple months. Maybe my my kids are starting to get older. Yeah. Um, social media. You mentioned social media yesterday. Your serve <laughs> took a little dig at social media. I think yeah. that actually started trending on social media. Oh, did it? Took oh, a great. dig. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of went viral. I wouldn't know because I only think about things that are pure. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I mean the 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 trap that social media can be. So I've been doing yeah. some studying, more studying, reading on this recently, and. Just how social media causes division. Oh, sure. It's just, I mean, it's like... Even like the algorithms. The algorithms. I mean, it is wild how much social media is actually creating division and creating the echo chamber. Sells ads. I mean, to the point of when, if you start to follow more things on a platform like Facebook, you will get more more, um, self-fulfilling messages on that narrative as opposed to if you just pick some other things to follow for a couple of weeks, you'll get that, those messages. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's more and more studies are coming out that social media is something that is really causing more division than even exists to the point that you sure. start to think, oh, the, the example I read recently was how easy it is to think a Republican could think, oh, all the Democrats, if any Democrats align on this topic, pick Pick abortion. Sure. Right. Go like, oh, there must be 95% of the Democrats, sure. you know, are are on, on board completely with yeah. abortion. And then you actually look at the numbers, you're like, oh, no, it's dramatically less. Right. Now, then we have to ask questions as to why that is. Why do why are Democrats vote a certain way? How are Republicans? I'm not trying to pick on just Democrats right now. But sure. why does any party um, vote certain way on certain issues? Um, we get, we have to ask those questions sure, too. Right. My point is, social media drives us to think right. that someone who's not aligned with us on one thing is not aligned on us with almost anything. Right. And the charity piece here of unity for Christians needs to be that we don't allow us to be uh, led away and led astray, really, by something like social media, right. which is breaking of relationship. Yeah. And trying to actually get everything you want from relationship, understanding, knowledge. Right, um, a, a yeah. belief on where someone stands without the actual relationship. Right, we just run to the end, and the end is like it's an ugly end. It is because the relationship has not been formed to allow us to build empathy and compassion, yeah. and love and and sympathy. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I mean, I think I think the example here, my reaction to this question was, sure, there's something that's really good about them not being in the same local area. Yeah. Well, uh, Syntyche and, and Yudia were in the same area. So it's like, yeah. actually, we should be pursuing this with each other. Yeah. Maybe my, my call for myself and for others in our church here at Liberty, if you feel like, well, if you're, if, if you're not in unity with someone, go pursue that. Yeah. Don't even see it immediately as disunity. Let's actually just pursue unity because it's better. Let's not get to neutral. Yeah. Let's actually just always be pursuing more and more unity with each other yeah. um, of people in this area. And as we find areas where we go, oh, I don't know if that person's aligned with me on this issue in church or politics or society or culture, yeah, 
Don't let that be the reason you stop. Mm-hmm. Keep pursuing yeah. unity. And that's over right. time, it's going to take pretty hard. Yeah. But over time, it can be really fruitful. Yep. I think that's really well said. I think, too, um, there's ways to... So, like, a practical way that we try to work this out, even in our own congregation, um, is even in the way, like, we would do communion every week. You know, you, you hear, you know, Steve, you did that yesterday, or I do it, or other elders lead communion. And we say always, you don't have to be a member of Liberty Church or a member of any specific Christian group or denomination That's right. to come to the table. That's what you would call an open communion. Uh, closed, fenced is the, the kind of classic terminology from people that aren't Christians. We always say something about that. Right. Because we do um, fence the table. We do. We yep. say, if you That's don't right. believe this, don't come. That's right. You know, don't receive this, receive Jesus. But we do say to people, you don't have to be a member here. That's acknowledging that um, there are Christians that are going to be with us and be in different places than us on certain other kinds of topics. But we're saying we're not calling your salvation, your union with Christ into question. We're not separating you from the table um, just because you're not here and aligned with us on more stuff. So it's, and actually to kind of even reference the, you know, John Piper, the person that, that, that this person asked about the question, um, Piper's church changed on that because they used to years ago require people to have been, to be members of their church. And I think it was members of their church and at least baptized as professing adults to be able to take communion at Bethlehem Baptist, the church he pastored yep. for many years. So, and that was the realization it was like, oh, so if R.C. Sproul or Ligon Duncan or Tim Keller roll into town and, and on a Sunday and they're hanging out with you in Minneapolis, they're not in their normal town. Yeah. They actually, they, they can't, they can attend your church. Your, their visitors are welcome. Yeah. But if you're taking communion that Sunday, those men could not actually take communion with you at the table. Now mm-hmm. that's a, and that to me is a, is a, is like a, whoa, whoa, that's a big statement. That's a, yeah, that's a disunity, a separation of people that should be, that are united on so many, on definitely the essentials and even so many other things that are non essential but important. Yeah. And to say to someone, nah, but you can't come to the table here because you're not aligned enough on all of it. Sure. Um, is from is is to me that's that's where like there's a practical thing there. You said they changed away from that. They changed away from that. that story. Okay. And it was the realization yep. of like, oh wow, like we probably should allow guys like that to take communion. If they they, in town. they answered a right question with the wrong answer. Sure. Right. Yep. Okay. So I I would say that's even practically how we try to do some of that even at at Liberty in our own church is to acknowledge like there 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 are going to be people that are not fully united with us on everything. Sure. But. We're not going to hold them at arm's length or keep them at a distance until they do, especially from something so central to the Christian faith as one of the sacraments, like, sure. like the Lord's Supper. Yeah, that's good. A moment ago, I said I didn't want to pick on Democrats, and I don't. I want to pick on Democrats and Republicans equal opportunity all the time. Yeah. But let me clarify, I did not mean to say that I didn't want to pick on somebody who was in support of abortion. I just heard that. As I said, I was like, was I clear there? Completely opposed to abortion. Okay. Didn't want to pick on Democrats uniquely. The phone although, lines were lighting up. Oh, oh, yep. Okay. If calls are coming in now. But it was actually, it was actually <laughs> correcting your handful statement from last week. That's right. There were more people that were concerned about that. That the, More calls came in. <laughs> I got some sideways looks from a couple people this week. All right. Here's our next question. Let's do it. Um, all right. My question regards, not the sermon. This yeah. is good. Good question. Hey, just uh, plug, always ask questions on anything that comes to mind yeah. uh, in the life of liberty in, in our, our gathered worship on Sunday. So this question, regards these lyrics in the song that we sang yesterday, Let Your Kingdom Come, a song that we sing pretty frequently, yeah. probably once a month or once every six yeah. weeks or so. Um, here's here's uh, the lyrics that were in question. Lord, use us as you want, whatever the test. 
by grace we'll preach your gospel till our dying breath. Okay, so the question is, each yeah. time we sing that song, I struggle with the words, whatever the test. I understand that the lyrics right after that say we'll act by God's grace, but it's my but it's been my experience that perhaps less than an hour after the service, there's something I am facing, a test that I don't pass so well. Hmm. And to be honest, I get stuck by those around me too. If someone is telling me of a situation they're in that they don't like, I wonder myself, well, didn't we just sing whatever the test, hmm. right? Do we change the words? How do we change our hearts and intentions? Are we hypocritical to sing those words? Yeah. Wow, that's good. And yeah, like you said, Steve, that's that's awesome. Like, and and we've even talked maybe like even using the summer in the future to to like talk about other aspects of our service and yeah. why we do what we do and questions on that stuff. Or maybe we, you know, maybe there's a a seaside or a you know some kind of po- some kind of other podcast that we bring Jordan in for someday. How many, um, how many podcasts can we run? I mean, I don't know. That's a good okay. question. Does, right, it, nice. does it have to be called like the B flat or like the? Is there some musical term to to be like instead of the B side podcast? Is that like okay? I'll have to think about that. One. <laughs> I don't have a response. I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm You're without speech. Without speech. I'm without speech. Can I read this? Let me read the whole verse. Yeah. Just put these two lines in yep. context. So, sure. give us your strength, O God, and courage to speak. Perform your wondrous deeds through those that are weak. Lord, use us as you want, whatever the test. By grace, we'll preach your gospel till our dying breath. I said it. I didn't sing it. I'm glad you um, said it, though, because now I can sample it and put a beat to it and kind of get a little like this next week what, what's that next uh, week tune in for steve what's steve? that auto-tune auto-tune, you're auto-tune, <laughs> auto-tune steve. That's perfect that's what i want yeah and no that's that's helpful so the question though is saying you know we sing lord use as you want whatever the test and then we don't pass the test that he gives us and even like as we're sharing with other people we hear other people complaining about yeah the circumstances they're in the test that they're in so how can we sing those words when we're when we're going to fail the test um, do we need to change the words? Are we hypocritical to sing those words? Uh, great question. A couple thoughts. One, I would say, um, it's a prayer, even as you were saying it in context there. Um, give us your strength, O God, and even Lord, use us as you want, whatever the test. So it's not a defiant kind of like, I will do this, whatever, like I will, whatever the test, I will do it. Um, it's actually asking God for the strength to to do this. It's it's a it's a plea. It's a it's a prayer. Lord, use us as you want, whatever the test. So you, I think, rightfully can sing this song as a prayer to God, saying, um, "I really need your help in order to to be able to do what you're what you call me to do, whatever test you put in front of my my way." Mm-hmm. So you can sing it as a prayer. That's number one. And then number two, maybe even bigger bigger picture. Um, Christians are hypocritical. So the question here was, are we hypocritical to sing those words? Maybe, probably. Mm -hmm. And um, Christians are hypocritical. I would even say central to the message of the gospel is is the realization and the truth that we cannot and do not live up to the standard that we profess. Yeah. So the whole idea of the grace of God and the merits of Jesus being what accomplishes our salvation is that um, we we desperately want to follow God. We want to keep his commands. We want to honor him and glorify him in every moment of our lives. And we don't. So I think if the if we're carrying around a perception and I think rightfully so, we, we don't want to be known for being hypocrites and Christians often are. So maybe that's what we get into here in a second is like, what's the difference between yeah. um kind of the hypocrisy that the world sees and goes, man, Christians are just hypocrites versus what's the hypocrisy that's actually 
inherent to the Christian faith, which is that we can't do what we try to do. Sure. Yep. <laughs> we can't live up to the standard we profess. So maybe just to free you in, in the, in your own wrestling internally, it's actually really freeing for us to be able to say, um, I am a hypocrite, you know, I am a hypocrite. Um, and that's actually why I so desperately need Jesus and his work to count for me. Um, because I can't on my own. Yeah. It's a great, like old Jack Miller line. Uh, the guy that came up with, with, you know, developed the curriculum called sonship and even, you know, kind of children and grandchildren of that curriculum being things like gospel centered life and stuff that we've used here at Liberty. The whole idea says, you know, cheer up. Uh, you're a lot worse than you think you are. You think (laughs) it's like, that's that's, I mean, that's essentially leaning into your hypocrisy and saying, um, man, you know, someone says to me, you know, Matt, you're really messing up on that front. And I can say back to him with a straight face, if you only knew the half of how I fall sure. short. Sure. And, and not, and, and that's maybe the difference. So that's maybe where to go next. Um, so Steve, when I say that, like to you, when I say, Hey, Christians are hypocrites, what do you hear in that? And maybe what's, how do you parse out the difference between, um, hypocrisy that like is, um, the, the kind of thing that people in our culture see and go like, man, Christians are just hypocrites versus mm-hmm. what, what we're saying here. What, mm-hmm. they, I think there's a nuanced difference there, but what, how do you hear that? Yeah. I, I think that we, I think that we need to recognize that even these lyrics, the question and these lyrics driving me toward the, the, the recognition of humility in the, in the heart of a Christian. Yeah. Um, and so if someone were to say a Christian is a hypocrite, well, in one, in one way I'd say, uh, no, like in one way, I'd say a Christian, a Christian who is actually faithfully following what Christ has commanded and sees who they really are and sees who Christ really is, we're actually not hypocrites in that yeah. regard. Yeah. The Christian who doesn't live with humility, though, and um, presents themselves as better off than they really are yeah. and does not glorify God to the extent that Scripture requires and God demands, yeah. is not pointing any satisfaction or any security or any joy that they have in in their salvation to Christ alone, mm-hmm. well, then yes, then I'd say, well, yeah, that person is acting hypocritical, right? Right. So, yep. um, I, but I generally the person, if someone came up on the street and said Christians are hypocrites, I think I would want to say, um, it reminds me a little bit of what I mentioned in a, a sermon a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. like that. Well, tell me how a Christian was wearing wearing the cloak of Christ yeah. yep, to somebody, good. and so. Um, if somebody's wearing the cloak of Christ, is that, that, that quick, the quick story where there was like someone, someone who was ministering to it, to an unbeliever said, yeah. well, Hey, if I take your coat and go rob a bank and someone just recognizes your coat and, and I run, I flee and the police don't catch me and they yeah. come and say, Hey, we saw that. We saw your coat. It must've been you. Yeah. And you're like, Hey, it wasn't me. Someone stole it. Okay. That, that idea is we wear the cloak of Christ. And so if we're doing something that dishonors the name of Christ yeah. and dishonors uh, the church and doesn't glorify God, we're not wearing the cloak of Christ well. Yeah. And so if someone says, Hey, you're hypocritical, I'd say, well, Christians in some ways, maybe on a whole, the faith appears hypocritical. Yeah. But the, a Christian who genuinely, genuinely says, no, actually there's nothing about me. Right. That's earning my salvation. Right. It is the, is the righteousness of Christ. Yeah. There's no hypocrisy in that. Yeah. So I just want to, maybe I'll, I'll divide that's that. That's good. That's good. But what, well, how is that possible? Because of Christian humility. Sure. And so even yeah. with the song, like if this song, if the answer to this question is even, oh yeah, when we sing these songs that aren't just declaring who God is, but it's declaring how we will live because of who God is, yeah. that should drive us to humility. Yeah. Because any time that we start to going, I'm not just singing, like 
great, I love hymns, right? So great yeah. hymns, like great is thy faithfulness, a mighty fortress, blessed assurance. Like we're declaring what's true about God. Sure. This song is both a declaration of who God is. It's also a request for God yeah. to work in our lives. It's also a promise uh, and a confession of what we're going to do as a result of who God yeah. is. Well, anytime it becomes a, 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 a request or a confession or a plea for us to now functionally live as as Christ, yeah. that has to be humility because we have to go, I, I'm, I can't do it. I can't oh, do and by the way, I can't do it. Yeah. Right. So by grace, we'll preach your gospel till our dying breath. The reality is we cannot do that without God's grace. Right. So if this if this song, sing it, if you if any one of us needs to go, let me sing this not with a um an unconscious or a un a non-thinking and unthinking happiness. Sure. And just like I'm just singing it because it's like, well, it feels good to say this. Oh yeah, yeah. like, yeah, you gotta use me however you want, whatever the test. Like sure. careful. That's a that's a that's a scary prayer. That's a scary prayer. Yeah. Right? I remember years ago someone telling me, you know, he, he was he for Lent. Mm. We're in the season of Lent. Um, he had been praying, so he committed to praying each and every day. God, show me where, show me where there's sin in my life. Yeah, that, and he's like, and Steve, this is a really hard thing to pray because you finally, if you, when you find the answer to that question, yeah, it's not often one that makes you go, oh, I'm I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, right. Like that's actually a prayer that drives you to more prayer. Totally. And so songs like this, while they're while we sing it, it's got it's got a beat to it. Right. It's upbeat. We can even clap sometimes yeah. too. And we can smile, and we should. Yeah. It should also drive us to humility and going, um, yeah, we can't do this without without the Spirit working in us. That's good. So that that should just always be on our on our lips as well. That's really good. And I don't let me just say, and I don't do that well myself. Yeah. A lot. I can sing. Songs like this, because we sing this song once every six weeks probably here. Yeah, sure. Um, there are plenty of times that I sing songs, and whether it's because I'm feeling distracted or because I'm like a sinner mm-hmm. and just like not fully engaged in that moment, I can. this is a helpful question. Like, yeah, I also can sing songs and just get through them. Yeah. Or just sing and go like, wait, what? I, I just went unconscious there. That's right. It's like you drive home. You're like, how did I even get to my driveway? I, I totally, I was thinking about other things. Sure. Sometimes we can sing songs and start just like at the end. Yeah. The song's over, and we the don't think about, hey, you know that that line over. in there is actually pretty heavy. It is, yeah. So actually, to commend this person for this, they actually were stepping into the call Paul gives at the end of Philippians four to think on such things, to yes. be thoughtful, to be intentional in the thought life. So that's a that's a connection even to to what Philippians was saying. I, yeah, I think what you said there was really good about hypocrisy. Um, I think too, just even to tie it into something we do at Liberty. Um, when we have people come into covenant, like we did several weeks ago, mm-hmm. people become members. We have these five vows that they affirm. And Steve, when like you and I or other elders sit down with people to um, do their what we call their elder interview, yeah. and we walk through those five vows. One of the things we're we're very intentional to point out: you don't make a lot of vows in your life to things, um, but the words in those vows, uh, particularly the ones that aren't just about what we believe. There's there's two that are just about what we believe about God and about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The third, fourth, and fifth ones get into what we're kind of committing to do in response yeah. to that. And in those three vows, the language is always seek, pursue, as God enables. And I always say to people in those in those times, um, we're not asking you to vow to perfection. We're asking you to vow to the pursuit of these things. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and that's, and that's maybe the difference in what's a hypocritical person versus a non-hypocritical, like other than the, the inherent hypocrisy of our lives, the inability of our lives to actually attain the standard. Right. Um, 
is is the the difference being um, a hypocritical person would be someone who says this is I, I you know I'm vowing to the perfection of this thing and then they fail and fall short. Our whole life is is oriented to the pursuit of these things and saying as God enables me I'm going to seek and pursue to to live this way. Yeah. Fully aware that I'm still dependent <clears throat> on the grace of God. I'm going to fall short. I'm going to have to repent of certain things. Um, and continue on in that, you know, through the rest of my, my life. Yeah. That's good. Those are the questions that we had yeah, this great. week. Um, thank you to, to that questioner for, for asking a question like we've said that was outside of the sermon. Yeah. Um, and we invite those. So, yeah. um, just to plug again, we've had, we've had weeks where we've had eight, nine questions come in and sometimes weeks of one or two. And so if you have a question, uh, out of the sermon series or a way that we can uh, speak to something that would be helpful for, as you prepare for Bible studies, um, and we'll also think about ways that we can have uh, either B-side episodes or other special recordings addressing other questions or topics that come up in the church. That'd be good. And if you have if you have a recommendation for that, you feel yeah. free to send that too. Yep. Um, we're, yep. We're, we're always open to hearing feedback. So, yeah. Thanks for uh, for tuning in this week. We got uh, Easter Sunday. We got a big week coming big up week. here. So we'd love to see you this week. We got multiple things going on. Friday is Good Friday. We've got our Tenebrae service at five thirty. Church is going to be open actually starting at 9 a.m. through the rest of the day for you to stop in just for uh, intentional time of silence and reflection, some some uh, prompts there to help you even do that. So feel free. I uh, would love to see you on Friday. Saturday, there's a hike, 9 a.m., White Rocks Trail. Sunday, 8.30 and 10.30 services. Uh, Resurrection Sunday, we'll get to celebrate that Jesus is alive and um, be a great uh, a great day to do that. We have not given a lot of attention to this uh, up until this point. So let me just say coffee hour this week on Easter Sunday will include hot cross buns. That it will. Right? Yes, it will. Okay. And there's a story and tradition to that. Like there's a cross on the bun. Something about Easter. I don't know the lore. We have to look that up and figure that we'll out. have to look that up. I did look up mid-recording uh, here what it is when there's when there's words or syllables that have the end oh that has a, a similar sound yeah right um like history and mystery yeah right? which is kind of what kind of what you had yesterday right that's like rhyming words no it's different no it's it was different, different. it's different yeah okay. they use that example those actually would also be rhyming words okay probably example of both okay okay so it's a it's an asanus or an assonance i think it's assonance assonance i didn't know how to, how to pronounce that yeah okay so there's that. There you go. Fun fact for the week. Fun fact. And there will be hot cross buns on Sunday. <laughs> so, all right. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining uh, the podcast this week and listening. And we look forward to seeing you in upcoming days and weeks. Bye, everyone. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.